May we grow deeper as individuals and as a congregation. Our focus this year is going to be on discipleship, on the core of our relationship with Jesus. Our theme verse uh, <clears throat> that uh, we're going to put up there will be our, our uh, verse that will lead us into the year, um, is taken from uh, a story uh, that you'll know well, um, in which um, Jesus is at a wedding, and uh, his mother, uh, there's a bit of a domestic crisis, the wine runs out, his mother is in conversation with the servants uh, who are supplying the wine, and she says to the servants, uh, in effect, look at this guy, he's going to sort your problems out. So she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. And that's going to be our theme verse. Do whatever Jesus tells you. Because that is at the core of discipleship. Hearing Jesus speaking to you, drawing close to him, and doing what he tells us to do. Um, there's a similar verse um, in the passage uh, that we'll hear second tonight. Uh, it comes from James, James verse 22, and it goes like this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just listen to it, but do what it says. If we want to draw closer to Jesus, if we want to go deeper with God, we have got to hear what he says, and we've also got to put it into practice. We've got to do it. That's discipleship. Hearing Jesus call, following him where he, wherever he goes, becoming like him, doing what he says. Well, I'm not going to preach from uh, the theme verse story today because I want to leave that till the beginning of next, uh, next month. Uh, I want to focus on it then. So I'm going to focus on these other uh, two readings, and the gospel reading we're going to hear first is of the first disciples hearing Jesus call and following him and uh, doing what he tells them to do, which is to follow him. And as you listen to this first story of the first disciples following Jesus, remember that Jesus is calling you guys too to follow him. Jit, let's have our first, oh no, uh, David, let's have our first reading. Uh, so the first reading then is from uh, John's Gospel, um, and you can find this on page 1064 in the Bibles beside you. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, 
Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. This is the word of the Lord. So John the Baptist and two of his disciples are standing there and they see Jesus walking past. And John says to the disciples, that's him. See, the sacrificial lamb of God, the man who will cleanse people from their sins, the man who will draw people close to God. Something about what John says or the way he says it or something about Jesus as he walks past, maybe he looks over his shoulder and catches their eye. Something ignites a spark within those two disciples, and they determine to follow him and find out who he is and where he's going. And they, they uh, leave John, and they start to tail him kind of through the crowd. And uh, you know how it is in detective programs. Whenever you've got somebody tailing you, you always remember to look in the mirror and, and see behind you, and, and you, you can see the person who's, who's kind of, well, never works for me, but um, who knows? Maybe nobody's ever followed me. Um, but Jesus has that same sense of people who are following him, and he looks around, and he turns to face them, and he asks them a question which turns out to be very profound. turns out to be a question that is really, really significant for Jesus. It's one of his great search-like questions that they will hear him ask again and again. What do you want? What do you want? And he's asking that same question of us this year. What do you want? What do you really, truly, deep down inside want of God for yourself? Well, they respond with a... Um, a kind of, you know, quick uh, response. It's a, it's a kind of, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of um, social pleasantry, um, a response like, how are you today? You know, it's that kind of, um, well, it's, it's a way of, answer, of, of, of making a greeting, of answering a question. Rabbi, they reply, where are you staying? Any question will do, and that's the question they ask. But these guys are disciples of John, and so they catch the deeper resonance of Jesus' question, what do you want? And in a way, their question to Jesus also shares that same resonance, that deeper kind of search and questing. questing. Where are you staying? Where do you live? What kind of a place is it that you dwell in? How could we find you? What home would you lead us to? And Jesus looks them in the face. He looks in their eyes and into their hearts, and he likes what he sees. And so instead of just dismissing them or, or, or brushing them off, 
He asks them, well, he offers them a simple invitation. Come and see. Come and see. Simple but powerful and profound. That core discipleship call invitation to us. It's an invitation he's offering to each one of us as well this year. Why don't you come and see? If you want to know where Jesus is, come and see. Some of you have been following Jesus for decades now. Some of you have been following for a few years and, and the road is going uh, steeply down in front of you and you're uh, cycling on after Jesus. Others of you have only just heard of Jesus now. Um, others of you are asking a question that you've asked before. Where are you, Jesus, in my life? Where are you in the world? Where are you staying? Well, Jesus says to you, come and see. Come and see. Well, what an extraordinary day those two disciples had with Jesus. Just the two of them alone with Jesus. Close, intimate. How many questions you would want to ask him? They got to ask their questions and who knows what answers they heard. And they left reluctantly, but excited, invigorated. Um, <clears throat> questions and, and purposes crying out to them, pulling them from beyond themselves out into the future. And Andrew, one of these two who met Jesus, discovers that discipleship is more than just tailing after Jesus. It's more than just spending time with him. When when you meet Jesus, you have to share the experience with those you love. So he returns home, and the first thing he ends up doing is telling his brother all about it. We met the Messiah you would not believe. We met the Christ of God, the one sent from God to come into the world. It was amazing. You should meet him, Peter. Simon, what do you think you're doing sitting down there? Come with me. Let's go and meet Jesus. It's fantastic. You would love to meet him. And so the story loops around, and Simon finds himself caught up in that discipleship loop. He too finds himself pointed towards Jesus. He too finds himself tailing after, seeking for, looking for Jesus. He too finds himself spending time with Jesus. And he too finds himself hearing life-transforming words from Jesus. You're Simon, son of John. I know you are. Well, I'm going to call you Peter. Not Rocky, you know, but the rock. Rock. Because one day, when you're ready, when I'm ready, I'm going to found on you, I'm going to build on you and on your trust in me, my worldwide mission. Wow, what a thing to hear. This is the discipleship cycle, our 2016 challenge. Choosing to follow Jesus, choosing to spend time and become like Jesus, choosing to lead other people into Jesus' presence. Would you like what those three men experienced? The opportunity to spend time with Jesus? Well, could you do what they did? 
just to answer the simple invitation of Jesus to follow him wherever he leads. Can you do whatever he tells you? Let's have our second reading. Ruth. The second reading is from the book of James, page 1213 in the Church Bible. The book of James, chapter 1, from verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the word of God. So James says, don't merely listen to the word, deceiving yourselves, but do what it says. God's word doesn't only show us who God is, but also who we are. As we hear Jesus speak, it's like we're looking into a mirror, James says. Suddenly we see ourselves as everybody else can see us. I, um, when I was young, um, uh, I, uh, we used to have a tradition in our family of, uh, at New Year, of inviting lots of other families around, and we would play party games. Um, my father was very good at uh, finding old Victorian parlor games, and uh, every year there'd be something new and exciting for us to do, another game for us to play. And one year, he um, got us all out into the hall, and, uh, and he was alone in the uh, dining room, in the sitting room, sorry, and uh, we had to come up to the door, one by one, and knock on the door and say, uh, show us the monster in the room. And so we came up one by one, knocked on the door, show us the monster in the room, and he would open the door a little bit, and we'd look inside, and then the person who looked in would burst out laughing and walk beyond him and sit down in the room. 
So uh, it's happened over and over again. So I knock on the door, show us the monster in the room, open the door, look in, burst out laughing, and walk well, Of course, you could imagine the kind of, the sort of sense of excitement and anticipation that was growing in the hall with those of us who were waiting. Finally, it was my turn. I knocked on the door, show us the monster in the room. My dad opened the door, I looked around the corner, and there was a full-length mirror. So I burst out laughing and walked on into the room, carried on the, the game. The monster in the room is ourselves. When we see ourselves in God's mirror, we see who we really are. There was a long, um, uh, very extended uh, correspondence in the Times, a long time ago, one of the longest ever, what's wrong with the world? And people came up with all sorts of different answers to what's wrong with the world. And the, uh, the correspondence was brought to an end, finally, by G.K. Chesterton, who wrote in simply, Dear Sir, I am, yours faithfully, G.K. Chesterton. As we look at ourselves in the mirror of God's word, we see ourselves as God sees us. And we see all the ways in which we need to change. The trouble is it's rather uncomfortable seeing ourselves in the way God sees us, the way that other people see us. Very often we don't like what we see. So we come up with all sorts of defensive strategies to kind of, you know, to prevent us uh, having to deal with the pain of that. One of those strategies is to agree with others that we don't look very good in the mirror and then to set the mirror aside and to forget all about it and not to do anything about it. This is what James is saying. This is what we often do when we look in the mirror. It's a good short-term strategy because it, um, it means we don't have to deal with the, uh, the disagreeableness of seeing ourselves, you know, um, in, in kind of uncomfortable terms. Uh, we also don't have to deal with the difficulty of changing ourselves. But the trouble is, as a long-term strategy, it's not so good because people go on laughing at us, and worse than that, despising us or being repelled by us. Well, James mentions a number of ways in which we might not look like Jesus, and in which we might be losing other people's respect. Here are some of them. Are we always having to give our opinion? Do we always have to have the last word? Ask yourself that question. Is that you? Do I have to have the last word? Do we have a short fuse? Are we susceptible to road rage? Do we explode with anger at the least little thing? Are we dirty in our thinking about ourselves or about other people? Are we secretly reading porn or dipping into internet lusts? Are we wicked in our work practices or in the way we use our money or the way we treat our family? Are we arrogantly sure of ourselves that we don't need anyone else? Do we get resentful if anyone, including God, tells us we might be wrong? Do we have a sharp tongue? Always have a cutting reply, undermining others. Are we heedless, uncaring of those who are in need, 
Do we despise them or consider them to, to be somebody else's problem? Do any of these ring a bell? What James is saying is this, being with Jesus doesn't just change the direction we're heading, it also profoundly changes who we are and how we behave. As we start to look in the mirror, as we start to gaze into Jesus' face and see ourselves reflected in the kindness of Jesus' eyes, if we will see ourselves and begin to change ourselves with the power of Jesus at work in us, we will begin to be changed, to be transformed in beautiful, attractive ways. We'll find ourselves beginning to look more like Jesus, bit by bit, becoming slower to speak, slower to anger, pure in our thinking, good in our actions, humble in our self-perception, kind in our speech, compassionate in our responses to others. This too is discipleship. Following Jesus, becoming like him, doing what he says. So there are going to be three major themes this year. Listening to God's word and doing what it says. Prayer and worship and fellowship. And you'll see all of those three themes in the passages that we had read tonight. The disciples hear Jesus and they do what he says. They follow him, hearing, doing what it says. They spend time with Jesus, that's prayer. And they recognize him and profess him to be the Messiah, the Christ. That's worship. And they do it together in pairs. That's fellowship. And the results of all of this, James promises that as Jesus' word is planted into you, some amazing things will start to happen. Firstly, it will save you. You will be saved. You will be um, broken free from the ruts that you're in, from the chains that bind you. You become pure and faultless, not worthless. And you'll be blessed in all that you do. But best of all, you get to spend the day with Jesus and to see how much he delights in spending the day with you. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for that amazing invitation that you gave to those two disciples. Come and see and how one of them passed it on to another, come and see. And he passed it on to many more, and they've passed it on to more, and, and that invitation has come down the generations, down the centuries, down the years, down the days, to us here today. And as we look to you, you say to us, you want to see where I am? You want to see who I am? You want to see who I am? can see that you could be, come and see. Thank you, Lord, for your invitation. I pray, Lord, that this year, 
we would take up your invitation again, or for the first time. Come and find you. Come and spend time with you. Become like you.